Like Pastor Trent said, uh, Pastor Ryan is out of town today. Him and Raina are celebrating their 20-year anniversary. Um, he said they don't really do anything for anniversaries, but 20 years, they probably should do something. So they got away for that. Also, it's Raina's birthday uh, this coming week, and it's Christmas and, and everything. So they decided to take a little break right now, but they will be back for a Christmas Eve service. So please check that out. Like, Trent, like Pastor Trent said, um, make sure you follow us on Facebook for that. We'll let you know if anything changes, any updates about that. We are monitoring the weather and making sure it all um, is good for everyone. If it's like me, it's going to be too cold. You want to go inside. If it's if it's not cold, we might do it outside. And we'll really check on the rain. So monitor that. Also, um, just a couple quick things we want to remind you of. Tomorrow is a cool event that hasn't happened in 800 years Uh what they're calling the star David will be out and you'll be able to see it, uh, from the sky. And so um, I'm not going to pretend I know what that is, but it's a lot of stars together. You can see stuff. Miracle. So, um, so we'll be here tomorrow at six o'clock. You can come out in the front lawn, bring a chair. Uh, will be a good time. Um, there'll be some hot cocoa, maybe a song or two, I th- right? A lot, lot, maybe more than two songs, a couple more songs to sing um but remember that uh, six o'clock tomorrow will be a good time and then uh there's no service next sunday you're more than welcome to come in you won't get in the building but you're more than welcome to be here everyone will be uh be away though a good time off a good break um pastor ryan asked me to finish out the series a weary world rejoices today and it, it's kind of fitting i feel like we're kind of stumbling to the end of 2020 Maybe I am, but maybe not you, but we're kind of just seeing the finish line and kind of getting there and hoping hoping we just get to it and nothing happens between now and, you know, December 31st and hoping uh, 2021 will be better. Um, me and a friend the other day were kind of talking about 2020 and how bad it is and, you know, we're kind of just making up stuff about how bad it is and this and that and we, it kind of got us talking about what was the worst year ever you know we mentioned a couple of things you know when the Backstreet Boys broke up stuff like that we're like it was the worst year of our life but we did some googling and we found out that historians in 2018 historians believe year 536 was the worst year ever and let me explain to you kind of what happened in 536 and we can compare maybe you have a worse year than this but just let me know um a total of four volcanoes went off across the world two in ice Iceland that covered Europe and Asia in a fog or ash for 16 months that the the uh, historian in Syria says um, the sun shone for only four hours and it ruined our grapes and ruined our wine it was the worst year ever a historian all the way down in Sicily said it was like a mist covered the sun and the sun became the moon and then two more volcanoes one went off in El Salvador one went off in North America and be, all four of these volcanoes caused a mini um, ice uh, mini ice age, kind of what killed the dinosaurs, at least from you know all my dinosaur movies I watch. That's what killed the dinosaurs. Um, you know, caused a mini ice age, and it dropped the weather by 32 degrees to 35 degrees across the planet, um, causing it to snow in China in August. 
which is normally a hot year for them, and it caused a worldwide famine. And from Ireland all the way to China, there was famine um, in Ireland. They called it the bread famine. In China, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Chinese name, but it just said it rained dust, it rained ash, and it just caused everything to turn bad. It ended up being, it caused a plague called the symptoms plague, which you can Google the symptoms of the symptom plague if you really want to. Not, not a fun thing. Um, but it caused that, which killed about 50 million people in the Roman Empire, not counting what happened in the rest of uh, Asia. And then it went on, in the, the volcano in, in El Salvador wiped out a whole Peruvian um, tribe called the Mocha tribe. They were a, a fishing tribe that lived really close to the coast. And when the volcano went off, it, it made the water temperature warm up and killed all the fish and then everything and just wiped away um, everything. And actually, most historians say this is the beginning of the downfall of the Roman Empire. This was the start of it. And then right after all this happened, well, about 10 years later, the bubonic plague just kind of wiped everyone out. But they say anywhere between 50 and 75 million people died from year 536 alone. Um, so we were, I was kind of looking at that year and say, well, at least we don't have volcanoes. You know, nothing's happened in 2020 with volcanoes. I can get the sun still shining. I can go outside. I might not be able to be within six feet of someone, but at least the sun's out. So not as bad as we think it is, but... It's a bad year, and I think we all kind of have bad years. I, I look back, and I kind of think of stuff, and we look at the Bible, and I, I, I look at this, and I look at it always a little bit differently than most people. You can, if you ever, you've heard the conversation between me and Ryan, I always kind of look at the Bible. This is a little bit different than him, and we kind of go back and forth and talk about stuff, and I think we kind of read human emotion out of the Bible sometimes, and we look at the story of Mary and Joseph, and we kind of... I want to put human emotion back in this Bible, so just bear with me here as, we, as I tell the story. And this is my human emotion back into this story. It might, it's probably not in the Bible. It's not real, but this is my human emotion to it. But Mary and Joseph, they find out they're going to get married. They find out they're pregnant from an angel, from God. That had to be tough. I don't, I don't, I don't care if an angel came down and talks to me. That's tough. On a good day, you believe it. On a bad day, you know joseph ate bad pizza and you're kind of dreaming things and you're thinking that nah, this can't be real this can't be right this is not and you know start off your marriage that way is tough you know this can't happen so they're they're probably already at tension they're probably already at odds and then they have to go on a trip i don't know if you've ever gone on a trip with your spouse it's not not fun as you go like for me and my trips are always this. I want to leave really early in the morning. My wife wants to leave later. It's two o'clock. It's four o'clock. She's telling me to pack my clothes. I have not packed my clothes to the last minute. And then I forget stuff. I don't know where my shoes are. She, I'm yelling at her to find my shoes. She's telling me the last place I put them. I don't know where the last place to put my shoes is. So we're arguing about that. We're fighting. We're trying to do this stuff. And then we actually have to trip. I'm telling everyone to go to the bathroom before we leave. We're not stopping until we get to this point. But she's pregnant. Realistically, they're stopping every five minutes to go to the bathroom. And this is not a car. This is a slow journey. This is a walk. This is a camel. This is something like this. And over and over again, I guarantee Mary and Joseph probably, by the time they got to Bethlehem, did not like each other. You know, they're probably like, you go your way, I'll go my way. If you can find two hotel rooms, this would be great. And then, you know, you go, in, you go into the thing. Joseph's like, yeah, we'll find a hotel room. I'll get it. I'll get the hotel room. And one door after the other door after the other door closes. 
And before you know it, Mary's like, Joseph, find the room. Joseph's like, I got this. I got the room. Calm down. I got it. Mary's like, come on, find the room. And Joseph's like, well, I found a barn. Mary's like, come on, a barn? Really? A barn? I'm pregnant. And they're kind of at odds. And you have to admit, they're probably true. They're probably not happy with each other. Every time a cow goes, cow goes off, a cow moves or a sheep, whatever does the sheep, whatever sheep does. I don't know what sheep, nays, no. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. I can't pronounce the word, but that's it. Bleaks, bleaks. Sure. Yeah, a, a sheep, a sheep moves as well. Every time one of those go off, you, I guarantee Mary was reminding Joseph of the situation. This was not probably good for both of them. They're probably having a rough year. And then Mary actually has the baby. That's not in the Bible. That just kind of read over that part. That's tough. I've been in the delivery room. Not a great idea. Mary actually has the baby. Not fun for everyone. They just gloss that over in here, the actual truth of that. And then everything kind of changed for them. If you're a new parent or you understand this, Mary and Joseph probably had a lot of thoughts, a lot of ideas, a lot of feelings that they were scared of. Can I actually be a good parent? Joseph probably thought, can I provide for my family? I know in 2020, I thought that. Can I actually provide for my family? As everything was shutting down, I thought, man, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose money? How do I provide? I thought, man, am I actually a good parent? How can I do this? And over and over and over again, doubt probably entered their minds. And I know doubt has probably entered your mind like it has entered mine. Did I make the right decision? Is coming here the right decision? Is marrying him the right decision? Is doing this the right decision? You have to admit, Mary had these thoughts. It wasn't a sugar coat where everything was perfect for them. But they doubted like you and me doubted. They thought about life like you and me thought. They thought, what does the future bring? Does 2021, is it going to be better than 2020? Hopefully, is it going to be worse? We don't know. But what does the future bring? You know Mary and Joseph had to think that as they're sitting in a barn with animals. Is this going to be my life? Is this where we live now? Like, Am I going to have a house? Are we going to be able to move back to our hometown? Do we love this? I mean, really? A barn? Like They kind of thought, you know, Mary and Joseph, they thought, man, am I... Am I going to actually be able to do this? Like, am I going to be able to parent the king of kings, the Lord of lords? How do, I, how do I do this? And for you and for me, I think there's doubt that always enters our life. There's things that scare us. There's things about 2020 that was just bad, and we kind of barely got through. You know, there, there's a, a thing that in the San Francisco, there's, there, they, these, the marathons were really tough over there, the mountains, the hills through uh, San Francisco. So they, in, the, in the 70s, they started adding people to the end of the race to encourage them. Now this is a normal thing. If you run a marathon, I, I don't run marathons, but if you see someone run a marathon, they, they have people cheering you on all the time, giving you water, cheering you on. But it started in San Francisco. It started there where people were cheering them on and handing them drinks because they realized people needed just support as they run the race, they just needed people there to encourage them to do life, to keep going. And I think 2020 has kind of stripped some of that away for a lot of us. We've, we've lost support. You know, I remember my kids, when, they, when e-learning happened for them, they lost friends. They didn't know how to, they just missed their friends. They just missed life. You kind of can't go, do, you don't know if you can shake someone's hand, you can hug them, they want an elbow, do you just want to wave from a distance? 
Life is confusing. Life is tough. And I think for us, we've all kind of felt that way. We've all felt just, man, I, I just don't know what, what it is. And again, Mary and Joseph had to, had to feel that way as well for them. Their year probably wasn't working out. Yet we forget that they're in a barn because of a census that they had to go to. It's not, uh, this is not for a week. They're there for years, two or three years that are there. We don't know if they're in the barn for two or three years. Hopefully they got out of the barn, went to a house. We don't know. But everyone's in Bethlehem that's from there for that long time. Their life is confusing. Life is tough for them. It's not the story we read in Matthew 2 or Luke 2, but it's tough. And I think for you and for me, life's been tough. I know for me, it has. I know a lot of pastors I've talked to, they've just been more depressed, more down. Life's been tougher for them than they've ever felt in their life. You know, but two years ago on Easter, we, we, we had this phrase that Jesus changes everything. We had it written on the wall. We had bracelets. We had these, this, this motto that Jesus changes everything. And it kind of was our Easter theme. And rea- the reality of the situation is this. If for today and today's message, if I could leave you with anything, I, I want you to understand that very principle. Jesus changes everything. You know, we, we, the birth of Jesus there was probably confusing. It was hard for them but it brought so much to them and changed their lives. And we're going to look at that in a minute. But the reality of this is my, my only point for the day is I want to encourage you to get into the presence of God. Just find him and talk to him. Just spend time with him. It might just put, be putting on worship music. It might be listening to a sermon. It might be reading the Bible. I know for me, I feel like the song I Exalt Thee is the song that every time I put that on, I just feel God. I just don't know why. It's, I exalt the, and I just, I feel like he enters the room instantly. I'm just there, and him, he's there. And it's just a moment together. The only way I can describe it is this, that it's, it's like the feeling when your, your spouse or your kids or even your dog or cat comes sit, sits next to you, and they're not asking for anything. They just sit there, and you're like, well, you know, my kids always sit next to me, and they're like, then they want the phone. I know, I'm like, okay, you're trying to get something. Go away. Um, but the reality is there's a time where they just want to be close. You know, your spouse wants to be close or the, the, you know, the dog wants to be close or someone just wants to be next to you. And the only way I can think of it is this is find that moment with God where you just want to be next to him. You're not asking him for anything. You're not worried about anything. You're just saying, I want to be with you because your presence changes everything. And we're looking at three things about that. And the first one is this, Jesus brings peace. In Luke 2, 13 and 14, it says this. This is, and suddenly there was an angel with multitudes of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. Understand this, for Israel, they thought Jesus was going to come and he was going to be a warrior. He was going to be like a military guy that he was going to come in and destroy the Roman Empire and take over. They thought he was going to be this, this brute force, and they were about to go to war. And the angels come down, and they announce to Israel, they, well, they announce to the shepherds, the people, and says, I bring peace. I bring peace. In every situation, I think, for you and for me, I think one of the greatest things about getting into the presence of God is that peace enters the room. 
in a storm in the midst, you enter peace. I heard this saying the other day. It says when your storm should not get your kids wet, if that makes sense. Like it hit me like, man, sometimes I'm panicked. Sometimes I'm messed up. And sometimes my, I let my life get and my kids see the results of life. And my goal as a parent is for me to do my best to not let them, that affect them. And I can walk into any situation with peace. I know we said this before, but it's a, it's a rule I try to really live by. I'm a thermostat, not a thermometer. I dictate the, the room. I don't let the room dictate me. I don't let the world dictate my life, but I dictate the world and with my feelings. So when you get into the presence of God, the first thing is peace. The second thing is this. It brings perspective. In Luke 2, 16 and 19, it says this. And they, and they, speaking about the shepherds, went, went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known and saying that he has been told them concerning this child. And, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The word treasured up, actually, it just means stored away. It means protected it means at this point, Mary understood the reality of the situation. She understood this. You know, and I told this story in the first service. You know, I didn't understand how to be a parent when I, when I had Harper. There's no owner's manual to how to raise a kid. There's nothing like this. And it's definitely scary and it's definitely nerve-wracking. And I remember the first time we took Harper home, the nurse made me put Harper in a car seat, which I don't put kids in car seats. I had no practice of putting other kids in car seats. That would have been dangerous for the parents to let me do that. So they, they didn't. So it was my job to do that this time. So I went to buckle Harper in, and there's a loop, and there's a loop, and you're supposed to put their hands through and then around the legs. And I just put all Harper through all the loops. So it was like she starfished out, and she, I buckled her in, and it was completely wrong, completely unsafe. But the nurse said, that was great. You're good. Go home. And we couldn't go home. Um, so we had to go uh, to a friend's house at the time. We're, we're getting our house fumigated at the same time. It was good planning on my end. But um, um, we, were, we went to a friend's house, and we took the, they, they took the baby out. They took Harper out of the car seat, and they, were, they were looked at it like, what are, you, what are you doing? This had to be a joke. Like, I was like, no, this is Harper. She's great. They're like, no, she's not safe. That's not safe. You can't do that. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? I buckled her in. It's safe. They're like, no. Adam, you're bad at this. And they, they taught me how to, like, put Harper in a car seat for the first time because I don't hold babies. I, I mean, babies are scary enough. Even my babies are scary. So I don't try to hold anyone else's kid. And I didn't learn. I didn't learn. I didn't know. But at the time, that the weight of being a parent kind of hits you. Maybe it hits you at 2 in the morning when the kids are screaming and you're like, well, fine, someone come get your kid. And you're like, oh, that's my kid. Oh, man. But like for, at this time for Mary, it says that treasure, it, she treasured these things. She knew the reality of what happened. If they're still in a barn, if they're still everywhere, if life is not perfect for them, she realized what she had was enough. She realized that family was enough. And tw- if 2020's taught me anything, it's really cut away a lot of the things I don't need, a lot of the things I realized were fun or maybe just were, were times, but it just really brought it home into family, health. You know, for the first time, we, you know, we're not going to Ohio for Christmas. 
we got we missed a lot of things because of COVID. We we couldn't go to Ohio. There's stuff like that. Um, we we missed a lot because of this, and it's kind of whittled things down. To what's important? We all know people that have been sick. We all know people that have kind of been affected by this year. But it's kind of brought into perspective what is important, what is true. For Mary and for Joseph at this time, it, it brought into perspective of what's important, who they are, who they have in their midst. They have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, which is just, man, just me having my kids are, are is tough. Like I'm scared sometimes. I'm like, oh, God, trust me with them to have the king of kings and lord of lords the last thing it's brought provision pastor ryan talked two weeks ago about the the the, the magi or the three wise men but there were, probably weren't three there's probably 200 wise men and it, it, they weren't like kings they were probably more like assassins in my head they're ninjas because i think that's just a cooler story ninjas come in with gold frankincense and myrrh but you know they're they're to make a very long story short they're from a different uh different country that it's an enemy of of where mary and joseph are staying they kind of have to sneak in it's a it's a big deal there's 200 of them and they they bring all this provision gold frankincense and myrrh what we know about they but they brought other gifts and they brought this for mary and joseph and for jesus to live you know they didn't just keep this stuff it wasn't a college fund for jesus it was hey no this is how they live their life you know, they have to flee to Egypt right after this and they have to go other places and the gold gets them places, the money gets them stuff. We don't know if Joseph was a successful carpenter or not. We don't have a clue if he, he got a business started in Bethlehem. We don't know, but we know that God brought them something they need that when they needed it. And there's been many times in my life that I've, I've sat there and I've said, God, how am I going to get through this? And, and, I, and provision has happened. Something's happened in my life people have given me things or I've seen something or something's changed where God has just provided what I need when I need it. Even if it's a different perspective, even if it's a chain of heart, even if it's something like that, God's provided that for me. When you get into the presence of God, God can, can give you what you need. And for, for me, most of the time, my problem with this stuff is that I worry and I doubt and I don't actually stop and get into the presence of God. I might pray a qu- quick prayer, Lord, pr- help me in this situation. Lord, thank you. I know you got it. Amen but I don't actually stop and spend time with him. I don't actually stop. And, and the beauty of, of this is the, the, the word Abba father comes from this. And the word Abba in the Hebrew, it means daddy. And it, it's an image of a little kid. It happened today. Actually, Brooks, my two-year-old, was they parked the car and there's no other cars. And he ran across the parking lot and he screamed daddy and he ran to me i got to give him a hug as he was before he was going to the kids church and th- that's what the image means abba father it means a, a little kid that runs to you and hugs you and, and the beauty of the situation is i have a seven-year-old eight seven, eight how old's harper eight <laughs> i can't see her anyway eight um so we'll say eight uh man i think she's eight that's gonna bug me just hold a pan eight yep eight good yes got it right so I have an eight-year-old in Harper. You know, she's, she's eight. It's not that she doesn't scream daddy when I come home. She doesn't come up and hug me anymore. But I have a two-year-old that, I mean, I, I can just go get the mail, come back, and he's happy to see me, you know. And it, it, it's, it's great. But that, the image of, of daddy, the image of spending time with your father. And in this season, in this time where we all are so worried about other things, I mean, I know I am. Did I get the right present? Am I going to do this? 
you know, and all these things. I want to encourage you just to stop and spend time with God. Just spend time. Don't ask him for things. Just get there. For me, it's sitting down and just talking to him, telling him everything I'm thankful for. Just talking to him. Tell, I'm not asking for things. I'm not telling him I'm sorry for anything. I'm not trying to get in my relationship. I'm just telling him how much I'm thankful for. Just and just remind him these things. And 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 he he's in the presence. And it's just stopping and spending time. And if, we want to encourage you as a church just to find that time this season. Find that time. It might be different for you. You might never really actually spent time with God. Most of the time, our prayers are very monologue is where we pray then we end it and we go away and the reality of the situation is God wants to talk to you he wants to spend time with you he wants to direct your life in a certain way but you have to stop and spend time with him and for this Christmas season I just want to encourage you to find that time to find that time Pastor Trent if you can come up here and we can we can close out and what we're going to do this time for the first service I really, I didn't really close out this way, but this is what I want us to do. Pastor Trent's going to play a song, and, and I want us, we're just going to stop what we're doing and just thank him. And you pray the way you want to pray. You can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever you want to do. But in this time, just thank him for being here. Thank him for providing. Thank him for perspective. Thank him for provision. Thank him for these things because he's there and he wants to talk to you. Remember, the Bible says he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to do it. So we're going to end it this way. Pastor Trent's going to do that, and we're just going to silently, to yourself, just thank him for whatever. Find things to thank him for, even if it's a safe ride here, if it's a warm coffee, if it's not rainy out, whatever it is. You know, whatever it is. Just find that time, and then we'll close out in a minute or two. The door, oh, come let us adore you. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ Lord. Oh, come let us adore. Oh, come.
Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that when you hear us cry, when you hear us talk, Father God, you don't keep yourself at a distance, Lord, but you come in. I pray, Father God, as we, we approach Christmas, Father God, we remember who you are. Remember to seek you and find you in this time, Lord. Let us find that time. Lord, let us just strip away the things that keep us distracted from you, Lord, and let us go after you, Lord. I pray for joy this season, Lord, for the stress to, to leave, Father God, for us to have a good time, for Christmas to go well, Lord. We thank you that we get to honor you and celebrate you, Lord, with our families, Lord. I pray right now just for a good time, for everyone traveling, Lord, again, for safety as they travel, for Christmas, Lord, for a good time, for just to be a time, Lord, where we relax and we find you, 